What's up, champs? Welcome back to another episode of the Short Shift Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me as always, my bud and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you this fine, fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing great. I'm feeling, you know, very fit this time compared to how I came on the air last time where Brian said something along the lines of, you know, I came on the air like a bloated whale carcass. Those aren't his exact words, but I understood the implication there a little bit. Uh, You know, also a very uh, proud father, unlike maybe Claude Lemieux, who was quoted today saying that he hopes that his son is not as hated as he was. That's just an outstanding, uh, an outstanding fatherly quote. Totally love that. Was that quote from today? It was recently. I, well, actually, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure when the, the actual quote was made. I, it would be odd to maybe release that in the aftermath of ByteGate. Yeah, my understanding in seeing it was that it was like a this you type of uh, tweet. Well, it, it rules whenever the quote was made. It's just great dadding. All right, Lewis. Well, let's get into the show here. I am going to let you start us off over in Boston. Oh, yeah. So the other suspension that everyone has been talking about, uh, of course, Brendan Lemieux got five games for the bite. We just found that out recently. Um, but Brad Marchand was suspended three games for a slew foot of Oliver Ekman Larson. The end result of this is that Taylor Hall has been promoted to line one power play one. Uh, this is actually a nice setup for him. It's probably only going to last these three games, but you never know where things may go from there. Mostly because uh, Hall is going to get to play away from the net front where, as you mentioned in previous episodes, he was just absolutely terrible putting up a power play shot rate you know, at about two shots per 60 minutes, which is just awful. Uh, and he can take on a power play role more suited to his talents. Uh, it's great, but you know, maybe temporary news for Hall owners, but at least in the short term, this is really great. Uh, Marshawn owners, meanwhile, are getting a dose of that suspension time that has been a part of his game, at least earlier in his career. Uh, I was actually surprised to see, despite his reputation and some fines in there, this is actually his first suspension since 2018. Well, he was on Twitter talking about how he's changed his game. He's a reformed man, so he thinks that he he deserves more respect. I'll leave that to the Twitter police to uh, debate. Uh, But yeah, I think this is a great spot for Taylor Hall, who... um, you know, his game is volume shooting, Lewis, and he is he can be a playmaker as well. So I am interested. I would love to be uh, I'm going to be using Taylor Hall in daily fantasy lineups this week, probably. And I think that folks uh, who are up against the Hall owner or if you yourself have Taylor Hall in a few leagues or if he's floating on the waiver wire, this might be the week to have him in your lineup. Yeah, and I did want to just talk briefly about the person who will be taking on that net front position and actually has been there for a few games even before the Marshawn suspension, and that's Nick Felino. Felino's basically been pretty terrible as a Bruin, but he does have three assists in his last three games. Uh, he was elevated to line two by the Marshawn suspension and was praised by Coach Cassidy for his net front presence on PP1. Uh, he's been great in Cats leagues that count hits. He put up 30 hits to go along with 15 shots, no goals, obviously, uh, in his last eight games. Do you have any interest in Felino's not named Marcus for this week? Uh, and how do you like him compared to recently minted Line 1, Power Play 1, Alexi Protas? Uh, Protas. Three points in his last four games since getting a major minutes boost and top deployment in Washington. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in Nick Felino at all, I guess, unless it's like the deepest league I can imagine. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. Uh 
you know, and honestly, as I look at the, we're 40 minutes into the Bruins game so far. So, you know, pending third period theatrics, maybe Taylor Hall has ruined the, uh, the top line in Boston as well. Um, I, I would take protest though. Uh, and, you know, protest the hero. I don't know how to pronounce this name, but I, I like the production. I trust that a lot more than Nick Felino's. Yeah, I think so too. You know, he, he, has shown a willingness to shoot that we haven't really seen. Uh, you know, I, well, some okay shots, but overall for the season, Felino's shooting has not been great. Uh, and certainly, as we've said a number of times on this podcast, there is always money in the first power play in Washington. You've said that. I don't think I've said that. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, Lewis, we're going to hop over to Colorado where Nathan McKinnon appears to be ready to return to the Avs lineup on Wednesday. That means Logan O'Connor's time on line one is over, thankfully, since he destroyed anyone's uh, hopes who decided to stream him in. Um, I guess all that remains to be seen now, Lewis, is whether or not your boy Kadri gets back on power play one uh, when everybody is healthy. Yeah, so it does seem like there is some question uh, over whether Kadri will remain on Power Play 1 once JT Comfort is healthy. Obviously, Kadri has been a total beast in the time that McKinnon has been absent and has made folks like me who had to put McKinnon on their IR, uh, you know, not miss him as much. Uh, as you have said, though, uh, Colorado has this insatiable bloodlust for having a righty on that bumper spot on the top power play. So it's possible that Comfort bumps him down, but he has been quite productive. So, you know, uh, I think the cadre owner should be hoping that the next couple days show that he can be productive and he can move the puck the way he needs to from, uh, from that bumper spot. And if he can do that, then, you know, obviously that would be ideal. If he is demoted from power play one and faces reduced ice time from the reunification of one of the best line ones in the league, uh, that would certainly hurt Kadri's production. I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, regression is going to hurt Kadri's production as well. Um, but I think that's something that we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. I would like to at least see a game uh, with, you know, McKinnon back before we make any rash decisions about what we do with Kadri moving forward. And so uh, I think our next eight segments are Nazem Kadri related as well, right, Lewis? Yeah, always. This is the <laughs> Nazem Kadri pe- podcast. I notice every time Lewis is uh, Lewis is in charge of prep, we have three or four Kadri slots that, that we have Kadri. to hit. There you go. Uh, so yeah, exciting to get McKinnon back. I'm sure that lots of folks are looking forward to plugging him back into the lineup. Uh, where are we heading next, Lewis? All right. Well, the next thing that I would like to take some time to discuss is a very exciting outtree for a guy that we all hoped was going to really break out this season. And we have Jack Hughes return here on Tuesday night. Uh, the effects that we've seen so far is that um, Pavel Zaka has been pushed down the lineup. Uh, additionally, they are no longer running two defensemen on the top power play. Damon Severson has been demoted to power play two with Hughes' return. Things aren't going great so far as the Sharks are kind of jumping all over them, but that game is still in progress. So you will know more by the time you listen to this pod about how Hughes' start went. Yeah, be careful talking about the Devils game here because, you know, a very strong chance that it's 5-4 when people tune in after these last 14 minutes of play. Uh, Devils down 4-0 right now. I think that this is an example of the type of story that we're going to talk about and just have the lines shake up again tomorrow because they're getting destroyed on the ice right now so in the meantime i'm just gonna say i'm really happy to see jack hughes back and hopefully the uh, pavel zaka third line experiment is short term 
So I know that you wanted to talk about an extreme hot streak from one of the players who is in that lineup and who has given me a little bit of shell shock here after just whooping my goalie uh, and playing against me on Sunday, leading to a loss. So I don't want to hear any more about him, but I'm sure our listeners do. Do you want to talk a bit about Andreas Janssen? Yeah, of course. So Janssen is a guy who I think normally we'd have him on a hot streak segment here, but since we're talking Hughes and Hughes's return to the lineup really seems to pose a lot of it seems to put a lot of things potentially in flux. You know, we see Zaka go down, but the one thing that stayed the same here is we see the Janssen, Dawson Mercer, and Jesper Bratt third line stick together. Um, I guess they're playing as the second line. We we kind of imagine that Heeshier and and Hughes might be the top two centers, and that one might go down. Um, but so far, no, we, we're we're seeing a stacked top line. And the Mercer Brat Janssen line sticking together. A lot of folks probably expected Nico Heeshier to keep the Devils afloat while Hughes was out, but instead it was that Mercer line. And Janssen is on an absolute tear at this point with six points in his two games over the weekend, bringing him to 17 points in 19 games, which is a 39 goal and 73 point pace on the season. That line looks super solid. So it's not surprising to me at all that they've stuck together. There's, they were scoring 76% of the goals for when they were on the ice and getting 63% of the shots. That These are numbers from before tonight's game. Janssen's boxcar stats are wildly unsustainable, though. He's shooting 27%. He averages around 10 or 11%. And his 5v5 shooting percentage is too high as well. So is his IPP. And he really doesn't see any power play time on ice. So I do think if you can sell him for a 60-point player or so, maybe 60, 65 points, I'm on board with that. But otherwise, I'm probably holding on at least until we see how these lines shake out. I think that this line has been so solid that I'm not all that surprised that they're sticking together. And I and I think that they probably will. It's just a question of whether or not they can keep producing at a at a solid clip across the rest of the season. Yeah, it's definitely been exciting to see the kind of chemistry that they've developed. And this is not, you know, the Andreas Janssen that we saw in Toronto. So, you know, this is the kind of guy that they were hoping to to get when when they pulled him over. But I agree, definitely unsustainable. Enjoy it while it lasts and hope that they can, you know, continue to, you know, make beautiful music on the ice with uh, the chemistry that they've developed. One more outchery that we want to discuss here. Drew Doughty makes his return on Tuesday night. We won't be able to give you an update right away here, obviously, because we will wrap recording before the game starts. But exciting news for the Kings, uh, exciting news for Kings goalie owners, exciting news for Doughty uh, rosterers. Uh, it does mean a farewell to Sean Dersey, who we hardly knew. Like, we were asking who the F is John Dersey when he kept assisting on power play goals. Uh, he kind of filled that Kale Clegg 2.0 role here uh, during this absence. So it's been nice, I think, that the Kings were able to roll some of these uh, call-ups uh, through that power play one and have some success. But I imagine they will mostly be very excited to see Dowdy return. He was on an absolute tear when he was injured, and hopefully uh, the injury will not hold him, you know, his recovery from the injury will not hold him back too much uh, as he makes his return to the ice. And if he's really outstanding, maybe we can uh, discuss him later on in the week. You know what, Lewis? It's a, it takes a big man to admit when he was wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I really didn't think Sean Dersey could fill Kale Clegg's shoes on that power play one. But uh, it goes to show, you know, sometimes even the best of us make our mistakes. That's very true. And, you know, first we had to learn who they were to decide that we <laughs> were wrong about them. It, it does sound like a EA make a player, the EA make a player segment here, Sean Dersey, Kale Clegg. They don't sound all that real. 
Uh, Lewis, we need to take a very quick break. When we return, we're going to have a, a couple of streaks to talk about. You're listening to Short Shifts. All right, Lewis, we are back. And I am going to uh, let you start us off here in our streak segment. All right, so I just wanted to quickly talk about a hot streak from a guy that I'm not sure we thought we were going to see hot streaks from again in his career, but Kylock Poso uh, has been doing very nicely. Uh, he is on a streak of five points, two goals, and three assists in the last four games. He's got three shots a game over that span. Uh, his line with Brett Murray and Dylan Cousins accounted for two goals during Monday's loss to the Kraken. Uh, and his power play ended up, it was second power play, but he ended up getting 40% of the minutes uh, after power play one allowed two shorties against. That second power play did not score, um, but at least they were not being scored upon. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, and so despite not getting really great deployment, uh, it's been interesting and exciting, I think, to see Kyle Aposo uh, find a little bit of his scoring magic back. So good on you, Kyle. I would only be picking him up in, you know, very deep leagues, you know, 14 team leagues, maybe if you need a streamer for a few games, but uh, exciting to see for sure. You'd be picking him up, eh, in a 14 teamer? I, I would certainly consider it. I was picking between him and uh, Dylan Cousins uh, when I was streaming a guy in to fill a, a goalie spot for a backup who wasn't going to be playing again. And Cousins scored for me, but Akposa was even a little more effective. I mean, yeah, that was a Monday start, but he's got a Thursday, Saturday the rest of this week. I feel like you're. I feel like two those two busy days in most leagues, you're going to be able to find somebody better than Kyle Akposa, right? Unless you're you're buying a little bit of what he's selling right now. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I mostly want to bring him up here because I think we're very glad to see him finding some success after the, the injury-plagued career he's had, uh, you know, after being quite successful earlier on. Yeah, I don't I don't buy any of the the productivity, so I would I would be leaving him on the waiver wire myself. Uh I am gonna take us on over to San Jose to talk about the cold stretch for Brent Burns. Uh and as I say that I look at this this box score, the New Jersey Devils have scored one. Pavel Zaka with the assist, put him back up on power play or on line one. Looks like he got uh he shears in on that as well. So hey, check game day lines tomorrow to see uh what's going on with those lines. But um Brent Burns, no points on these four goals again tonight. That, if that continues, he will now have gone nine straight without a point. Uh, after posting 12 points in his first 13 games, I remember listening to a Keeping Carlson episode early in the season. Folks were talking about how Brent Burns was back, and it was supposed to be a rejuvenation season, but now he's barely outpacing the 42-point pace he put up last year, looking like a 45-point player over an 82-game sample. If you do look at those full-season numbers, I think the half-point pace is right about where I'd expect him rest of season. 45, 50, that, that seems reasonable as well. He's shooting well below his average or converting well below his average on his shooting, and that should rebound. But we're talking about a difference of a couple goals, nothing drastic, right? So just like last year, that shot rate is two and a half per game is played. He's seeing about 56, 57 percent of the power play time on ice. Those are things that Brent Burns used to greatly outperform. He used to be a three and a half shot per game guy. He used to see 70% of the power play time on ice. So I think it's it's very clear if it wasn't already Brent Burns' best days are behind him. But I think he is what we thought he'd be heading into the season. So I would be adding him if he gets dropped in a deeper league. And I'd hold him if you're worried you won't be able to replace his production off the waiver wire, which I think in most leagues you're going to struggle to do because... Getting a productive defenseman off the waiver wire is no easy task at this time of year. 
and I hate to do this because this is the danger of playing uh, or recording a podcast while games are happening, but it appears that Brent Burns uh, is missing at the outset of the second period after being hit in the face by a deflected shot. Uh, so he may actually be spending a little bit of time on your injured reserve. Um, but, you know, he's a tough guy. I imagine that he may uh, he may be able to tough this one out. But just something to keep your eye on tomorrow morning, uh, see if there is an update on Brent Burns. Yeah, I just checked Twitter, Lewis, and it looks like uh, reports are saying Brent is feeling the burns. <laughs> Youch. That's never good. <laughs> uh, one more cold streak that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex Iafalo has nothing to show for his efforts over the last seven games and only one goal on his last 25 shots. He's still getting at minimum about 18 minutes a game, although he was demoted to power play two in the most recent game in favor, favor of Arthur Kaliev. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if that is the case during Tuesday evening's game as well. Um, but Kaliev did score at even strength and played over five minutes on the power play. Uh, worth noting, he managed to do this all without biting anyone, unlike his third line mate. Uh, do you think it's time to cut bait on Ayafalo, or are we going to see him regress to the mean in shooting soon, maybe even tonight after we finish recording? No, I think uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on in Ayafalo's numbers. If you look at his most recent stretch, he's been shooting a ton. Um, and now that we're getting Dowdy back, yeah, I, I do think that uh, Ayafalo, he's not a must-hold, you know what I mean? Like in a 12-team or 14-team league, I would say you're snoozing to still have him on the roster. But if you're looking for a streamer-level player... I mean, a few games there with zero or one shots, and then just as often five, six, eight, three shots over his last eight. So I definitely am interested anytime there's a player getting 17 minutes and shooting five or six shots every couple games. Uh, so I, I do expect the numbers to rebound. I don't expect him to be a 65-point guy or whatever, but I'm interested in, and I'm keeping my eye on that deployment moving forward. All right, and I just want to jump in for a couple more uh, in-game updates because some of the players we're talking about have been productive. Taylor Hall putting together an assist on the power play, and as you predicted, although they haven't come all the way back yet, uh, the Devils have cut that 4 nothing lead in half with goals from Tatar and Brat. Brat was assisted by none other than Andreas Janssen. I mean, yeah, I, I sincerely predicted a comeback, so I appreciate you giving me credit for that, that call. I always love to give you credit. <laughs> all right, Lewis, that is all of the time that we have for tonight's show. For myself, Ben Burnett, thank you all for listening. Lewis, why don't you walk us on out of here? All right. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. Please be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Dave Betton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Outstanding episode this week. Please visit the Great Strikes, where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Natural, Statric, and Cacupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. 